Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Deputies of the Federal Assembly, Senators. State Duma, deputies, citizens of Russia, in today's address, I'm addressing you in this difficult borderline time, as well know, in the period of drastic changes that are happening around the world, significant historic events that are defining the future of our country and of our people, when every one of us carries huge responsibility a year ago to protect people living in our historic lands to ensure security of our country, to eliminate the threat emanating from the neo-Nazi regime in Ukraine that took power after the coup of 2014, we have taken a decision to launch the special military operation step by step, carefully and consistently, we are going to resolve the outstanding tasks. Since 2014, Donbass has been fighting for its right to live in their land, to speak their native language. It has fought and it has not given up under the blockade and constant shelling and hatred shown by the Kyiv regime. They were waiting and expecting and hoping that Russia will come to its aid. In the meantime, and you are well aware, we did everything we could, absolutely everything we could to resolve this problem peacefully. We've been involved in negotiations on finding peaceful resolution to this difficult conflict, but behind our backs they were preparing a different scenario. The promises by the Western leaders, their words about aspirations for peace, in the Donbass. As we have seen now, it was all lies. They were just trying to win time. They were turning a blind eye on the political assassinations, on reprisals of the Kyiv regime, on tortures on the believers. They were encouraging more and more the Ukrainian neo-Nazis on terrorist attacks against Donbass. In Western academies and colleges, they were training neo-Nazi battalions, personnel, they were supplying weapons. And I would like to emphasize it, even before the special military operation, the Kyiv was negotiating with the West about air defense, about combat planes and other heavy equipment and vehicles. And we also remember about attempts by the Kyiv regime to acquire nuclear weapons, and they were stating it publicly. United States and NATO were promptly deploying their troops and army bases, secret biolabs near our borders 
They were maneuvering and learning about the future theater of war, and they were preparing enslaved by them. Ukraine to the big war, and now they are admitting it publicly, openly. It's as if they are proud of their treacherous behavior, and they were calling Normandy format bluff as performance. And all this time, while Donbass was on fire, while the blood was spilled, while Russia was sincerely, I would like to emphasize this, sincerely was looking for a peaceful resolution. They were playing with the lives of the people. They were cheating in this game of cards. And these disgusting methods was tried out before. They played the same double game before when they destroyed Yugoslavia, Iraq, Libya, Syria. And they will never wash away this shame. The notions of dignity, of honor, is not something they understand. It's not for them. For long years of colonialism, dictate, hegemony, they are used to the notion that they can do anything. They don't care about the world. And in the same manner, like masters, they treat the peoples of their own countries because they have been lying to them as well by the stories they were telling them about how they were looking for peace, how they were sticking to the Security Council resolutions on, Bas on Donbass. The peoples of the West are now used as a tool of lies, and we firmly stand not only for our own interests, but for our position that is signifying that in the modern world we should not divide the planet into civilization countries, civiliz civilized countries and others. There should be no exceptionalism. We were open for constructive dialogue with the West. We were saying, we were insisting that both Europe and the entire world need indivisible, equal system of security for all the countries. And for many years, we were suggesting to our partners to discuss this idea together and to work on its implementation. But in response, we were receiving only hypocritical reaction. These were words, but there were also actions, expansion of NATO to our borders, establishment of the new anti-rocket defense in Europe and Asia, they decided to cover themselves with this umbrella. They were deploying military contingents not only near the borders of Russia, and I would like to emphasize this, and you are well aware of this, not a single country in the world has as many military bases abroad like the United States of America. They have hundreds of them. I am emphasizing these hundreds of bases all over the world. Entire planet is peppered with them. Just look at the world map. The world was witnessing how they were withdrawing from arms agreements, like the rocket agreements that we have them. They were unilaterally withdrawing from the agreements that preserved peace on the planet. Why did they do this? It was not by chance. And finally, in December of 2021, we officially sent to the United States and to NATO draft agreements on the security guarantees. But on all the key items of this draft agreement, we were we received the re refusal to discuss that. 
And then we understood that they agreed to follow the path of aggression, and they did not want to stop. The threat was getting bigger and bigger. The information that we were getting left no doubt that by February of 2022, they were preparing a punitive operation in Donbass. Back in 2014, the Kiev regime was using artillery, tanks, and planes against Donbass. We all remember those images when they were bombing Donetsk from the air. They were launching airstrikes against Donetsk and other cities. Back in 2015, again, they attempted to attack Donbass directly, and they continued to blockade, to shell, to launch serious attacks against civilians. And it contradicted absolutely the resolutions adopted by the Security Council of the UN. Absolutely, completely. But everyone pretended like nothing was going on. And I would like to reiterate this. It was them who unleashed this war. And we just used the force and we are using this to stop the war. Those who planned a new offensive against Donbass, Donetsk, Lugansk, they understood clearly that the next target will be Crimea and Sevastopol, and we understood this, and we knew about this. And now in Kyiv they are openly talking about this goal, so now they are out in the open. Something that we knew long time ago, we are protecting the lives of the people, our home, and the goal of the West is unbridled power. They have already spent more than $150 billion to supply weapons to the Kyiv regime. Just compare, according to the Economic Cooperation and Development Organization, to help the poorest countries in the world, G7 allocated in 2020 and 2021 some $60 billion. Do you see this? They spent 150 for the war in the poorest countries. Allegedly, they are taking care about. They have allocated only 60. And they demand to follow them blindly, those countries who they pay to. And how they can talk about sustainability, about the environmental development. Where has it, has it gone? And they are not stopping this flow of money to support war, and they are spending more money on coup in the other countries all across the world. At the recent conference in Munich, they were blaming Russia in all kinds of things. One gets an impression that they did that only to make everyone forget what the so-called West has been doing in the last decade, but it was them who let this genie out of the bottle. Entire regions were immersed into chaos. By estimates of American experts as a result of those wars, and we are not the ones who came up with these numbers, Americans are presenting these numbers as a result of the wars unleashed by the U.S. after 2001. Some 900,000 people died, more than 38 million became refugees. And they want to erase it from the memory of humankind. They are pretending as if it has not happened. But no one will forget it in the world. 
with so many casualties and so many tragedies, but they don't care about them because what they have at stake is trillions of dollars and the opportunity to continue to steal from everyone, hiding behind the words about freedom and democracy by imposing totalitarian values that they call liberal, putting labels on entire countries and peoples by publicly insulting their leaders. They are suppressing freedom of thought in their own countries. They try to distract their own people from the corruption scandals. Because we can all see it on the screens, on television, from growing inner social, international and other kind of problems. Back in the 1930s, they led the way for Nazis to take power in Germany. And in our time, they started building anti-Russia from Ukraine. It's not nothing new. People who know a little bit of history, they are perfectly aware of what's going on. It can be traced back to the 19th century. It was happening in Austria-Hungary, in Poland, and in other countries with the only goal to take away these historic territories that are now called Ukraine from our country. That was their goal. There is nothing new about it. Absolutely nothing. They are just repeating old ways. The West expedited the implementation of this project. They supported the coup in 2014. It was a bloody coup, anti-state coup, anti-constitutional coup. And it's like nothing happened, like it's a normal way of things. They even informed everyone how much money they spent on this. And they used Russophobia, aggressive nationalism as an ideology. Recently, one of the battalions of Ukraine, it's shameful for us to hear. They started calling one of the battalions Edelweiss, like a Hitlerite division that was involved in executing prisoners of war and killing Jews all across the Europe and the National Guard of Ukraine and Army of Ukraine are using Totkov and other SS divisions who have covered their hands in blood up to their elbows. They use marking of Wehrmacht and NATO Germany on their equipment. Neo-Nazis, they are not even hiding who they consider themselves, who they descended from. And it's astonishing that no one in the West is noticing this, taking notice of this. Why? Because they do not care. They don't care about who to place a bet on when it comes to fighting Russia, fighting us. The main thing is that they are waging war against us, against Russia, and that means they need to use everyone. Terrorists, new Nazis, devil if they have to. The main thing for them is to follow their will and to use their weapons against Russia. This project of anti-Russia is part of the revenge that they are taking against our country. They are creating hotbeds of instability near our borders. Back then, in the 1930s and already now, their idea has remained the same, to turn to direct the aggression against the East, to flame the wars in Europe with someone else's hands by eliminating competition. 
We're not at war with the people of Ukraine. This is something I've said many times. The people of Ukraine are no hostages to the Kyiv regime and their Western masters who have effectively occupied the country in a political, military and economic sense. For decades, they've been destroying the Ukrainian industry, exploiting Ukrainian natural resources, and this led to an escalation and to an increased poverty and inequality. And of course, this is something that feeds the, uh, the feelings that fuel the war. It is truly a sad situation where people are being sacrificed for this war. The responsibility for stoking this war is entirely on the shoulders of the Western elites and the Kyiv regime who views the Ukrainian people not as their own people but as someone else and uh, they're not serving their national interests but Western interests. The West is using Ukraine as a tool, as a testing ground and as a launch pad against us. One thing should be clear. The more, the more long-range weapons are sent to Ukraine, the longer we will have to push the threat away from our borders. That's natural. <clears throat> the Western elites do not conceal their goal of affecting a strategic defeat on Russia. That is their words. That means that they want to take us off the map. They want to turn the local conflict into a global confrontation. And this is how we understand this. And we will respond adequately. Because this is now about the very existence of our country. But they cannot, they cannot ignore the fact that Russia cannot be defeated on the battlefield. So they're waging increasingly aggressive information attacks. First of all, targeting the young generations lying on every step, distorting historical truth, attacking our culture, the Russian Orthodox Church, and uh, other traditional religious institutions in our country. Now look at what they're doing with their own peoples. They're destroying the institution of family, their cultural and historical identity, and uh, various perversions with regard to children up to pedophilia are accepted as the new norm and priests are forced to recognize and officiate same-sex weddings. People can live however they want and we in Russia have never intruded into people's private life. And we're not going to do that. But what we want to say is maybe they should take a look in the scripture, into the holy book of any great religion. It says that the family is a union between woman and man. 
And these holy texts are now being increasingly doubted in the West. The uh, Anglican Church is now considering the idea of a gender-neutral God. What can we say? God forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Millions of people in the West realize that they're being led towards a spiritual catastrophe. People are going mad, and this does not seem to be treatable. But this is their problems, and it is our duty to protect our children, and it's something that we are going to do, to protect them from degradation, It is obvious that the West will be trying to shatter our unity and to and support traitors who despise their native land and who want to have a profit on their countries on their country's troubles. Those who choose the path of traitorship, who carry out terrorist attacks against our country, who undermine the security and unity and integrity of our country, are being supported by the Kiev regime, but we're not going to engage in witch hunts. We're not going to exact revenge on those who took the wrong step, who made the wrong choice. What's most important is that Russian people give a moral assessment to those actions. And we're very proud that our multinational people that our multinational people and the majority of Russian citizens have adopted a principled position with regard to the special military operation. They understood what we're doing and they supported our actions in Donbass. This was a true show of patriotism, of the feelings that are historically historically characteristic of our people. It's something that we see in our history and it's a way that we see that our fate is the fate of our country. They're one and the same. Friends, I would like to thank all of you and the entire people of Russia to say thank you to the soldiers and officers in the army, in the navy, in all parts and units of the armed forces, to the volunteers of Donetsk and Lugansk, to those who fight as part of the Bars Army Reserve. And uh, I apologize for not being able to list all of the parts of our society. When I prepared the speech, I had a long list of the heroic units and then I decided to take it out because, as I've said, it's not possible to name every one of them. So I don't want to leave anybody out. So I bow down before the parents and 
spouses of those who fight in the special military operation, the doctors and nurses, the sanitary instructors and the railway workers and truck drivers who carry supplies for the front line, for the builders who restore civilian facilities and those working uh, several shifts at defense manufacturing facilities and those who strive to make our country more secure and more prepared. I want to say thank you to the teachers who take care of the younger generation, especially those who work in the difficult and dangerous conditions near the front lines and uh, various cultural figures who come to the front line to cheer up our soldiers, the volunteers and journalists, first of all the military correspondents who risk their lives at the front line to tell the word the truth leaders of Russian traditional religions and uh, especially military priests whose uh, sermons inspire our soldiers and officers, civil servants and business people, those who carry out their civil and human duty. Now, a special thank you to those who live in the Donetsk and Lugansk republics, the Zaporozhye and Kherson regions. You decided what future you want to have at the referendums. You made a clear choice despite the terror and the threats from the neo-Nazis. When military action was close to your homes, but your decision to be with Russia was strong, to be with your native land. We have already begun and we will continue. I want to emphasize that this response from the audience to people living in the Donetsk and Lugansk republics and the Kherson and Zaporozhye regions was unprompted. Thank you. So we will continue to scale up programs for providing social support in these new regions of the Russian Federation. We will restore the industries and bring back jobs, ports, the Sea of Azov, and build modern railroads, as we did in Crimea, which now has a reliable land link with the rest of Russia. Our joint efforts will make this possible. The constituent entities of the Russian Federation are now directly supporting urban and rural localities and the Donetsk and Lugansk republics and the Zaporozhye and Kherson regions like brothers, and so we've become even stronger, and we will do everything we can so that peace settles once again on this land.
and we are secure once again. This and our ancestors and the future of our children and grandchildren, restoring historical truth is what our soldiers, our heroes are fighting for today. Friends, I want to pay tribute to those who gave their lives fighting for our country and to the civilians who died at the hands of the neo-Nazi Thank you. Now, we realize, and I realize, how unbearable it is for the families, the spouses and parents of fallen soldiers, but they made it possible that they grow up heroes just like the, during the Second World War, when their ancestors fought against the Nazis. And their spirit and their sacrifice is something that we remember, and it is our duty to support their families and to help their children to get a decent education and a profession. And every such family needs to be in the focus of our state, needs to be cared for, and all its needs need to be met with a prompt response. I suggest that we establish a state foundation that will support families of fallen soldiers and veterans of the special military operation. It will coordinate the provision of a social, psychological and medical aid and providing uh, resorts, vacations and help people get jobs and improve their professional skills, get new professions. And an important task for the Foundation would be organizing home-based care for everyone who needs it to a high level of quality. So I request the government, all those tasked with social policy and uh, the regions of the Russian Federation to make sure that this happens. The procedure should be open and transparent and the, the procedure should be simple on a one-stop basis without any red tape. So every family, I want to emphasize this, every family of a fallen soldier, every veteran should have their own personal social worker or coordinator. Uh, who will solve all the problems in real time. We must make sure that this foundation is operational during this year in all regions. We have uh, frameworks to support uh, veterans and people who took part in local conflicts. And I think 
that this foundation may take up these issues in the future. We need to discuss that, and I request the government to do that. But this does not lift responsibility from other state agencies. I respect, expect every bridge and every department to pay the closest attention to the veterans of former soldiers and officers and their family in this regard. I would like to thank the heads of the regions, mayor of the cities, who meet with people who travel to the line of contact, to the front line, and they support their fellow citizens. And here is what I would like to emphasize especially. Now, draftees and volunteers and officers and soldiers of the army are thinking about the supplies for them and about the remuneration for their wounds and injuries that they receive, the health care and the requests that the governors are receiving and the ombudsman on the rights of human rights. We receive a lot of these requests, and it means that a lot of problems are still not resolved, so we need to take care of every individual case. And obviously, serving in the zone of special military operation is a heavy burden uh, for everyone involved, and they are taking risk for their lives on a daily basis. So I think for all the military servicemen, for all the participants of the special military operation, including volunteers, they should receive holidays at least once have a year, no less than 14 days, and the travel arrangements as well, so that every soldier could visit their families, be around their loved ones. Colleagues, as you know, we have approved by the presidential decree the plan to develop the armed forces for up until 2025, and the work on its implementation is in progress. We are introducing necessary adjustments and our next steps to strengthen our arm in fleet to develop the armed forces now and in the future. It should be underpinned by the military experience we are gaining during the special military operation. It is of utmost importance to us, and it very important to us. And the nuclear forces of Russia is more than 91% of its state-of-the-art systems. And now we'd like to reiterate, considering the experience that we are getting, we should receive the same high-quality level across all the components of our armed forces. Officers and sergeants who prove themselves as decisive commanders who think in the modern way, and there are many of them, they should be promoted to higher ranks, they should be sent to the military colleges and academies, and they should serve as the catered reserve for the armed forces. And obviously, they should also receive all kinds of positions in the bodies of power at all levels. I would like to draw your attention to this, because people, they need to understand that their motherland appreciates their effort, their contribution to protect their homeland. We will introduce state-of-the-art technology that will help us to improve the 
quality and potential of our army and fleet. And we have such innovations in every direction, in every area. A lot of them are vastly better than similar equipment from abroad. And now we need to start to mass produce them. And we are doing this. We are keeping up the momentum. And we are using our own industrial base, scientific base, and we're using small-sized, medium-sized enterprises to do this, and industries. We have experienced specialists and more and more younger people involved in this who are talented, well-qualified, and they want to achieve breakthroughs, and they stay true to the tradition of Russian armors, and they want to do everything so that we could achieve victory. And we will strengthen the guarantees for the workers. It goes for salaries and allowances and social security. I suggest to start special program on the subsidized rent housing for the defense industries. And the rate should be lower than across the market because the larger share of the rent will be paid by the state for such employees. We talked about this with the government, so I instruct to work on all the details of this program and not to delay the construction of such housing as soon as possible, first of all, in the cities that are important for our defense efforts and for our research efforts. Dear colleagues, like I said, the West has unleashed not only military information, but also economic war. But never it did not achieve anything anywhere, and it will not succeed in its attempts anywhere. Furthermore, those who are imposing those sanctions, they are punishing themselves. They provoke the price growth, job losses, shutdown of enterprises, energy crisis in their countries, and they are telling their citizens, and we hear that, they are saying that Russians are to blame for all of this. What tools they were using against us in this sanction aggression, they were trying to disrupt the ties with the Russian companies to switch up the financial system from the communication channels to destroy our economy, to stop us from accessing the import markets to stop us from receiving income. They were robbing us of our currency reserves. They were attempting to destroy ruble and to provoke destructive inflation. But again, those anti-Russian sanctions are just means. And the goal, as the Western leaders are saying themselves, and I'm quoting them, to make them suffer, to make our people suffer. So here are these gum humanists. They want to make people suffer to destabilize our society from the inside. But all this was in vain. Russian economy and the 
system of governance were much more durable than the West believed. Thanks to our joint effort of our government, of the parliament, of the Bank of Russia, the regions and the business circles of employees, we managed to achieve sustainability of our economic situation. We have protected our citizens. We have preserved jobs. There are no shortages on the market, including the most important items. We have supported financial system and the entrepreneurs who are investing in their businesses and they are investing in the development of the country. Last year we have started a package of measures to support business and economy for a total sum of some one trillion rubles. And we have not printed anything to achieve this. Everything is based on a durable market basis, market foundation. Uh, for 2022, the GDP has decreased. So I heard that I should say this. I think yesterday it was published in due time. Everything is according to plan. But they said that we were going to decrease by 20, 25 percent. Recently, they were giving a number of 2.9, 2.5, but the gross domestic product of 2022 decreased by 2.1%. This is the latest data. In last February, March, they were saying that the economy will crush Russian businesses. They changed the logistic ties. They have strengthened ties with reliable partners, and there is a majority of such partners across the world, and the share of Russian rubles in our international settlements, if we compare it with December 2021, has doubled, and now it's one-third of all the settlements, and together with the currencies of friendly states, it is more than half of all the settlements, and we will continue to work with our partners on creating sustainable and safe system of international settlements that would be independent from dollar and other Western reserve currencies. Because with these policies by the Western elites and Western leaders, it will lose its universal role. With their own hands, they are doing this. Not us. We're decreasing the settlements in dollars and other so-called universal currencies. They are doing this with their own hands. You know, there is this saying, cannons instead of butter. Of course, the defense of the country is the priority, but when we are trying to resolve these issues, we should not repeat our own previous mistakes. We should not destroy our own economy. We have everything we need to preserve our security and to continue to develop our country, and we will continue to follow this logic. And many basic civilian areas of Russian economy has not increased their output. Housing, for the first time in the modern history of our country, the construction of housing exceeded more than 100 million of square meters. As for our farming last year, it doubled its growth. Thank you very much. I would like to bow down to our farmers. Russian farmers has a record harvest, more than 150 tons of grain. 
more than 100,000 tons of wheat till the end of the 30th June of 2023, we will be able to reach a total export volume of grain to 55 or even 60 million tons. 10, 15 years, it seemed impossible. It seemed like something that is impossible to achieve. Maybe you remember, and some of you probably might, not that long ago. We have Deputy Prime Minister and Minister of Agriculture. We had 60 million in total, and now 55 or 60 we are going to export. That would be our export potential. I'm convinced that we have every opportunity to achieve the same breakthroughs in other areas. They were no decreases in the job market, and we have decreased unemployment. Even against all the difficulties, our employment market has become more comfortable, has become better than it was before. Before the pandemic, we had 4.7% the unemployment rate, and now it's 3.7, I think. Is it? 3.7. That's the record low number. The economy of Russia has overcome the risks it has. Yes, a lot of them. A lot of those risks were impossible to calculate in advance. We had to react on the fly whenever we faced it, both at the state level and at the businesses level. We were trying to make prompt decisions, and I would like to mention the private initiatives of the medium-sized and small-sized businesses. We should not forget about this. We have evaded too much red tape and regulating the economy to make it more dependent on the state. What's also important, the decrease in the economy was only in the second quarter, and in the third and in the fourth quarter, we have seen the growth. We have reached the new cycle of the economic growth. Per estimates of the experts, of the pundits, its structure is now changing, reaching a new quality level. We are looking at the new global markets, including our own inner market, the scientific and technology employees, not only selling our resources abroad, but achieving additional value. It allows us to tap into the great potential that Russia has in all the areas. Already this year, we can forecast the growth of the inner demand. I'm sure that our companies will use this opportunity to increase the output, the production of the most in-demand commodities to fill in the niches that were elaborated after the Western companies have withdrawn. Now we can see the full picture. We understand that the structural problems that we need to resolve in logistics and technology, in finance, in personnel, we kept talking about the need to change the structure of our economy over the last years. And now these changes, it's something that we must do. And it changes the situation for the better in this particular case. We understand what needs to be done for the development of Russia, sovereign development of Russia, despite any pressure from the outside. 
and any threats from the outside with the safe guarantees of security and interests of the country. And I would like to draw your attention, I would like to emphasize this. The gist of our work is not to adjust to the current conditions. Strategic goal is to bring our economy to the new level, new horizons. Everything is changing now and everything is changing fast. This time is not only time of challenges, but it is also a time of opportunities. It is true today. And our future depends on how we will implement it. We should get rid of all the differences, all kind of personal problems that we might have in our state bodies. Everything should be aimed at achieving a goal. Successful launch of Russian companies, small family enterprises will be a victory to us. New state-of-the-art factories and new roads will be a victory to us. New schools, new kindergartens will be victory for us. New scientific breakthroughs, new innovations and inventions will be a victory. It's something that everyone can contribute to achieve our own common goal. Now, what areas do we need to focus on in terms of the cooperation between the state and the businesses? We need to expand promising economic ties and build new logistics corridors. The decision has already been made to extend the Moscow-Kazan highway to Yekaterinburg, Chelyabinsk, Tumen and uh, then to Irkutsk and to Vladivostok, connecting with Kazakhstan and China, which will expand our ties with uh, Asian countries. We will develop, develop the ports, the Black Sea and the Sea of Azov. And uh, this is already the focus of uh, some parts of our governments, and we will strengthen the North-South Corridor this year. Uh, we will uh, um, expand our uh, channels for new types of vessels connecting to Iran, Pakistan, and uh, we will continue to develop our ties and uh, develop the corridors, the eastern uh, direction of our railways, the Trans-Siberian Railway and uh, the Baikal-Amur main line, as well as the Northern Sea Route. This will be beneficial not only for the uh, cargo flows, but also for the development of uh, Siberia and other regions. Infrastructure will be developed, including communications and uh, transport. In 2024, at least 85% of roads in uh, uh, urban localities and also uh, municipal roads will be brought up to the national standard, and I'm confident that we will achieve this target. Gasification free of charge for households will now be expanded to uh, social facilities such as kindergartens, able to apply to have a gas connection, to have your house connected to the grid. A large program of construction and repairs for housing and utilities infrastructure will be uh, carried out. Um, 4.5 trillion rubles will be invested in that.
over a period of 10 years, it's important for this program to start with a strong momentum. So I ask the government to provide the necessary financing uh, right away. We need to strengthen uh, our industry, so we have the industrial mortgage instrument. Subsidized loans will be available for uh, buying uh, uh, sites to construct manufacturing facilities and also to modernize existing facilities. And uh, this will be a great contribution. These loans will be up to 500 million rubles and uh, the rates will be 3 to 5 percent and they will be provided for a term up to seven years. I think that is a truly a great start. Starting this year will be um, reducing fiscal and administrative burdens for resident companies and, and industrial clusters and uh, they will uh, receive uh, subsidies from the state and long-term uh, state procurement contracts. Uh, by 2030, we will uh, ensure uh, 10 trillions worth of projects to be implemented, and uh, we expect that about 2 trillion will be uh, invested in the uh, nearest period, and those are the targets that we have, and uh, I request the government to accelerate the launch of these projects and to provide systemic support measures, including tax benefits to the companies that need it. I know that uh, our financial uh, ministry and agencies love uh, various uh, benefits and various rules, and I know that they uh, like to invent new rules, but I think this is the case where these new rules might be beneficial. Starting this year, Russian companies will be able to uh, reduce their income tax if they buy uh, modern Russian IT solutions and artificial intelligence products. And uh, th this will be considered with a multiplier of 1.5 relative to the actual costs, and uh, I think uh, the tax benefits will be expanded so that people who buy Russian high-tech products can benefit from additional tax reduction mechanisms and uh, use simplified procedures. Next. Yes, that is truly a great, great solution that will help our economy. An important issue on our economic agenda is finding new sources of investment. And uh, we've talked about that. Russia has a strong uh, payment balance and does not need to uh, lend any money from other countries. and. So we don't have to worry about how to repay our debt. Russian banks are stable and sustainable. They have a good uh, reserve. Uh, last year, loans to corporate entities actually grew. There were many, there were many concerns 
about potential troubles, but we have seen a growth. And it grew by 14%, which is more than in 2021, when there was no military operation. In 2021, it grew by 11.7%, and now we see a growth of 14. The total sum of mortgages grew by 24.4%, and the bank sector as a whole ended the year with a profit. Of course, it was not so much as it was before, but it was 203 billion rubles, which is another indicator of the sustainability of our system. In the second quarter of 2023, inflation will reach the target of 4%, or at least come close to that. In some countries, we're seeing 17 or 18 or even 20%, and we have four, well, maybe five. The central bank and the finance ministry have differing assessments, but we're still getting close to the target. Considering this and uh, the positive dynamics of other macroeconomic indicators, we are shaping our strategy with regard to long-term credit rates, and I think that loans must be more accessible across the country. Our long the long-term savings of people need to be more sustainable, and I request the government to accelerate the introduction of draft laws to launch a state program in April this year to create better conditions for people to invest and to earn money domestically and uh, we must secure the uh, people's savings and uh, retirement funds so we need to ensure effective insurance for people's de uh, deposits uh, I think we have uh, a a good program to ensure our people's investments and I think we should have even better conditions for our pension funds. We must also protect people's use of long-term, longer-term investment tools, including ensuring against bankruptcy and additional support is needed to bring in more capital to uh, growing businesses. They must have access to uh, domestic uh, stock exchanges on better terms, and uh, terms should be better both for companies and for buyers of shares. And the freedom of entrepreneurship is a very important aspect. All the attempts to contain Russia and to limit Russia showed that Russia is able to adapt and grow in difficult conditions. So every initiative, every initiative that aims to help the country must be supported. And I think it is a good step to revise some criminal law provisions considering the concerning the economic crimes. The state is reviewing the situation in this area and we should not 
ignore the crimes that happen, but we should not have an excessive an excessively punitive approach and we will have a consistent and good work in this regard and I request the government to work with the parliament and to suggest additional measures to accelerate the uh, de-offshoreization of the economy. Businesses and key sectors of the economy must operate in the Russian jurisdiction. This should be the basic principle. And uh, in this regard, colleagues, I will just add a little philosophical part. So what I wanted to say is we remember the problems and imbalances that the late Soviet economy faced. So after the dissolution of the Soviet Union and its planned economy and the chaos of the 90s, the country started to create a new economy based on market relations and private property. And it took its lessons from Western countries. There were many countries who wanted to advise and we thought that it was, a, it was sufficient to just copy their models. Though I remember that the Europeans and the Americans had some disputes on how the Russian economy should develop. But what did we get? The Russian national economy became West-oriented to a large extent and it was mostly viewed as a source of raw commodities and the reason for that is clear. The Russian uh, business, which was uh, mostly oriented towards getting a quick profit, like businesses are wont to do, and the best source of a quick profit was found in uh, selling natural resources, such as oil and other resources. So they didn't think about long-term investment. So the more uh, value-added sectors of the economy only developed weekly. And we, need to, we needed to break this trend and to reverse it. We had to restructure the system of governance to support investment and we do have substantial results but we need to remember the situation where our big businesses developed and evolved western companies had access to capital and there were the best markets were in the west and so capital started flowing to the west and so, instead of modernizing production facilities, instead of creating new jobs here in Russia, companies spent their money to buy elite housing abroad, and business people tried to invest in luxury, luxury purchases and they try to be rich and to show it off. And of course, having connected themselves to the West so much, they sent their children abroad to study. And it became very hard to disassociate 
from the West, because we lived in a Western paradigm economically. The West started to be seen as a safe haven and a place where you could always land. It turned out to be an illusion, and those who planned their future in the West and uh, wanted to go to go there after they get enough money were ultimately are scammed out of their money. I remember that I said, uh, speaking to representatives of the Russian businesses, that they would face a lot of trouble trying to get their riches back in various offices in the West, and that's how it turned out. And now I will add one simple thought. None of the ordinary citizens of Russia had any pity for those who lost their money in Western banks. They do not feel bad for those who lost their mansions and yachts and in the kitchens. People are speaking about the privatization that happened in the 1990s when the enterprises that were built by the entire countries were sold cheap and the luxury of the so-called nouveau riches from Russia What's also important, all those years after the collapse of the Soviet Union, the West attempted to put both Soviet states on fire and to finish off Russia as the biggest part of our historic state. They were encouraging, they were pitting international terrorists against us, they were provoking regional conflicts along our borders, they were ignoring our interests and they were using economy tools to suppress us, to contain us and larger Russian enterprises. Why? I'm saying this. Larger Russian businesses are responsible for strategic enterprises, for thousands strong collectives. They define the situation in the region. So the situation when the owners, when the administrators of such businesses are dependent on the states who pursue unfriendly policies towards Russia is a big threat to us to our security, to the security of our country, and such state of affairs we cannot tolerate. Yes, everyone has a choice. Someone wants to live out their days in a rested mansion with frozen accounts. They will try to look a place in an attractive Western capital or resort or in some other warm place abroad. It is the right of any person. We are not trying to rid them of this right, but it's high time we understood that for the West, such people have always been a second-rate aliens, and they can do anything they want, money, ties, and the titles of nobility that they bought. They will not help them, and they have to understand that are, they are second-rate citizens there. But there is also another choice. To be with your country, with your motherland, to work for your fellow citizens, not only to launch new enterprises, but to change around yourself for the better. 
in cities, in towns, in smaller settlements, and such entrepreneurs, such fighters from the business circles, we have plenty of them. And the future of Russian business is with them. Everyone has to understand the source of well-being, of welfare should be here in their home country, in Russia. And then we will create durable, independent, self-sufficient economy that will not shut itself from the world, but will use its competitive advantages. Capitals, money that were earned here must be used to develop the country. We have so much potential in developing infrastructure, inner tourism and other areas in fields of the economy. I would like to be heard by those who faced this aggression from the West, trying to run around and back to humiliate yourself to return your money, will not help. It's useless, especially now when you understand who you are dealing with. You should not hang on to the past. You should not try to sue them, to back them, to return something. You should change your life, your ways. And you are strong people. I'm talking to our businessmen. I know a lot of them personally for many years. They are strong people who have vast experience, you should start new projects, you should make more money, invest this money in Russia, invest in new jobs, in schools, in universities, in science and healthcare, in culture and sports. Only this way you will both multiply your capitals and you will yield the gratitude of people generations to come. And the state and society will support you in this effort. <clears throat> Let's consider that it's an encouragement to our businesses about how they should build their work. Russia is an open country, but it is an independent civilization. We are not trying to consider ourselves exceptional or superior, but this civilization is ours. That's the main thing. We inherited it from our ancestors, and we should preserve it for our descendants and we should pass it on. We will develop cooperation with our friends, with everyone who is willing to work together. We will learn from the best, but first of all, we will count on our own potential, on the creative power and potential of the Russian society, on our values. And I would like to speak about the character of our people who was always generous and cordial, and Russia as a country reflects these traits. We know how to be friends, how to be true to our word. We will not let anyone down, and we will always support in the difficult times. We will always come to the rescue to those who are in dire straits. Everyone remembers how during the pandemic we were the first ones to support some of the European nations, including Italy and other countries, during the most difficult weeks of the pandemic, of the COVID outbreak. And we come to the aid 
when there is an earthquake, like it happened in Syria and in Turkey, the people of Russia is the foundation of the sovereignty of Russia. It's the source of power. The freedoms and rights of our citizens are guaranteed by the Constitution. Despite all the external challenges and threats, we will not walk away from them. And in this regard, I would like to emphasize I would like to emphasize that the elections, both to the regional and local administration and presidential election of 2024, will be held in accordance with the law, in accordance with all the democratic and constitutional procedures. Elections, as always, is about approach and resolving social and economic tasks. The political forces are consolidated about the main thing, and the main thing is the safety and welfare of our people, well-being of our people's sovereignty and national interests. I would like to thank you for such a responsible firm position, and I would like to remind you about the words of a patriot and a statesman, Peter Stolipin. He said that during his speech in State Duma more than 100 years ago, but they still ring true. He said, when it comes to protection of Russia, we all must join our efforts, concert our efforts and our responsibilities and our rights to support one highest right, the right of Russia to be strong. from the cities and districts and rural villages, all the parliamentary parties and movements are contributing to the humanitarian relief for the front line. Once again, thank you, thank you for such a patriotic position. A huge role to strengthen the civil society in resolving day-to-day -day issues is the local administration, the closest administration to the people. It depends on them how big is the trust to the state and social well-being of the people and how confident they are about the future of the country. I would like to instruct the administration of the president and the government to come up with suggestions on how we can create tools to support best administration teams and practices in smaller or medium-level municipalities. The development of the society means responsibility for yourself and for your close ones, for your country. These traits should be trained from childhood in the families and strengthening of our values of the national identity. We should do it via strengthening our culture, our education, and our various body and agencies of the state will support all these efforts. Traditional and contemporary art, realism and avant-garde, classic and innovations, it's not about genres, it's not about directions. Art should serve beauty, harmony, 
Sometimes it should set controversial questions about life, but the main thing it should not destroy the society, but to bring out the best qualities in a man. The development of culture will be one of the priorities when the peaceful life will be restored in Donbass. We should restore hundreds of institutions of culture, including museums, buildings of the museums, something that will allow people to feel the connection between the past and the present, to tie it with the future, belonging to the one cultural, historic, educational space of the great Russia that is many centuries old. Teachers, scientists, specialists should help us to improve the quality of our higher education in liberal arts, in history, in geography, in literature, so that our younger people could learn as much as possible about the great past of our country, about its culture and traditions. We have very talented younger generation that is eager to work for the future of our country in culture, in science, in sports, in business and in administration. It is for such people new horizons of professional growth is given by the such programs as leaders of Russia and leaders of renovation that is now being held in the regions. Then some of the participants of these programs have volunteered to join the army. A lot of them are working at the liberated territory. They help to restore the civilian peaceful life and they act professionally and they act as true heroes. Because this school of combat cannot be replaced and substituted with anything. These people are ready to risk their lives for their homeland, wherever they work, wherever they go. And I would like to emphasize, it is those who were born in Donbass and Novorossiya will be the main pillar, should become the main pillar in developing these regions, in restoring these regions. I would like to address them, and I would like to tell them that Russia is counting on you. Considering large-scale tasks that our country is facing, we should adjust our approaches to the training, to hiring policy. We have talked about the need to clearly define the priorities, to focus our resources on achieving concrete and principled scientific results, first of all in those areas where we have good foundation and that are of critical importance for the life in the country, including transport, energy, the community system, health care. The new technologies almost always underpinned by fundamental researches. And in this area, like in culture, and like to emphasize this, we should give scientists and researchers more freedom to be creative, because you cannot make everyone think about the results of tomorrow. Science works according to its own laws, and resolving ambitious goals is the strong impetus for the younger people to join 
the science, the ability to prove yourself as a leader, as the best one in the world. And our research teams, they have a lot to be proud of. Last December, I met young researchers, and one of the questions that they were raising is housing. Well, maybe it's a trivial thing, but it is important thing nevertheless. We have housing certificates for young scientists last year. Additionally, we have allocated 1 billion rubles for these goals. I instruct the government to find the reserves to expand this program. Over the last year, the prestige and authority of the professional education, vocational education has grown. There is a lot of interest towards this kind of education. Since the unemployment is historically low now, 3.7%, it means that people have jobs. So we need new personnel, we need new people. I think that we should drastically expand the project of the vocational education and to create clusters create new educational bases and for the enterprises to work together with the colleges coming from the needs of the economy and it is very important to have instructors and teachers who have experience from practice from enterprises the goal is for the next five years to train some one million professionals for for electronics for pharmaceuticals for agriculture and for defense industry for construction for transport for nuclear and other areas that are of key importance for safety security and to preserve competition level in Russia and uh, finally, the very important issue of our universities. Some amendments need to be done to the system, considering the new requirements from all sectors of the economy and other parts of our life. We need to combine the successes of the Soviet system and the experience of the recent decades. And here I'd like to suggest the following. First, we need to return to the basic training of uh, people with uh, higher education that has been traditional for our country. Based on four to six years of study and uh, one university uh, could provide different programs for one and the same uh, type of education depending on the requirements of the sector. And if a person has uh, received education on uh, a, a narrow field, they may continue their education on a master's program. And we also must have graduate programs for those who want to engage in teaching or research. And jointly with the parliament, we'll need to elaborate amendments to the um, education and employment law, we'll have to think this through really good, because our young people need to have new opportunities for education and for employment and professional development. So I repeat, they need to have opportunities and not problems.
Merci. And I would like to emphasize that those students who are in university today will continue with the programs that they currently have. And the education certificate and the diplomas of those people who have already received education should not lose and should not lose out in the situation. So this needs to be monitored closely. In order to make this happen, this year is a year of the teacher, and teachers are very important. They are building the future of our country, so we need to raise the prestige and the awareness of the role of the teacher in our country, so that parents teach their children that they need to feel grateful and that teachers respect parents and the role of the family. Let's always remember that. I think that support for childhood and uh, the family uh, deserves a special mention. Our budget for such support measures has grown uh, several times over. It's uh, one of the fastest growing sections of the national budget. And I would like to thank the Parliament and the Government for their consolidated approach to our national priorities. Starting February 1st, the maternity capital will be indexed to reflect the actual inflation of last year, that is 11.9%. And this now also covers people living in the new regions of the Russian Federation. And maternity capital should be provided to people in the Donetsk and Lugansk republics and the Zaporozhye and Kherson regions, to families who have had children since 2007. This is my proposal. Say, I want to remind you that we made the same decision for people living in Crimea and Sevastopol. Programs to improve the well-being of Russian families will be expanded. All the levels of government will be instructed to ensure the growth of real incomes. And an important indicator here is not the minimum pay, but we increased it two times last year uh, to a total of 20%, uh, and we will continue to increase the minimum level of pay, uh, reflecting inflation and we have already reflected um, inflation to the level of 6.3% uh, since the start of this year, and uh, I suggest that we carry out an additional indexation of 10%. This means that the minimum pay will grow by 18.5% to be 19,242 rubles. Now, as regards the tax system, and adjusting it to benefit Russian families. Uh, starting this year, families with uh, two children or more 
will not have to pay um, real estate taxes if they want to buy a new apartment or house. We need to make wider use of such instruments. There has been a significant demand for those. Our families can use them to raise their quality of life. And uh, I suggest that we increase uh, the uh, budget to support uh, families with children, to uh, support their education. And I think that 13% of the growth in the increased of the increased payments, 13% uh, of uh, families' expenditures in a number of purposes will be compensated. Uh, at, to a level of 13% at least. And we need to be proactive, providing support on a remote basis and uh, promptly so that it does not become a burden to the families. The demographic situation directly depends on the situation in the social sphere. I know that many Russian regions are willing to accelerate the modernization of social infrastructure and to help people relocate to new houses where their current housing is unfit. And the national projects that have been provided for 2024 and the budgets of the And uh, we will uh, monitor this uh, closely, and uh, I suggest that the uh, State Council's Commission on Economics and Finance keeps this in their focus. Uh, we need to make sure that the uh, facilities being built today are built to a high level of quality and the financial resources provided are used efficiently. Uh, this includes the modernization of uh, the uh, of primary health care. We launched a uh, program to this effect in 2021, and I asked the heads of uh, regions not to forget about this. We need to provide actual tangible results. We need to make a difference in the quality of health care. And I also instruct the government to, to adjust the laws necessary to renew the fleets of uh, medical vehicles and provide additional equipment so that uh, checkups can be conducted in uh, remote regions. Uh, schools and uh, other facilities will receive additional our repairs and our refitting, and most of them will be located in rural areas. This year, a similar work will be carried out in the Donetsk and Lugansk People's Republics and the Kherson and Zaporozhye regions. It's a very significant work, and it's something that we see very well. Starting in 2025, our funds to repair 
schools, kindergartens and colleges will be provided on a systemic basis so that so the situation where uh, buildings are unfit for use to not happen anymore. Now we have the target from 2019 to 2024 to build over 1,300 schools and 850 of those have already been commissioned and we expect uh, another 400 to be commissioned in the coming year and I hope that this will be uh, followed. And starting in 2029 and all the way to 2024, at least 490 million rubles uh, were allocated to these purposes, and this amount will not be reduced. We have increased the amount of infrastructure budget credits, and those infrastructure budgetary loans will be provided to an additional sum to develop transport and communications infrastructure in the regions. I suggest that the government adds another 50 billion rubles in order to renew the public transport fleet in the regions, considering the current level of technology, and a special attention needs to be paid to smaller towns and rural localities. We have already decided to extend the clean air project uh, to 2030 in order to improve the environmental situation in industrial cities. So, speaking to the heads of uh, larger industries, I'd like to say that the task of improving our environment has not gone anywhere. And uh, we have uh, been reforming our uh, waste recycling industry, aiming to achieve a closed cycle economy. And uh, we are also working with uh, the legacy facilities and uh, waste collection sites, the dumps that have already been accumulated. and. Uh, they should be taken care of after the current program is finished. And the programs to protect our water bodies, such as the Lake Baikal, also continue. Uh, the rivers of Kama, Irtish, Terek, Volhov, Nebar, and uh, others will also be taken care of. Our smaller rivers and lakes will also be monitored and the situation there will be improved and all levels of government need to be aware of that. Uh, we recently discussed the laws on specially protected natural areas with our colleagues. The law should give a clear definition of what can and what cannot be built as part of developing the tourist industry. So I request the State Duma to accelerate the deliberations on this, uh, on this law. Now, a few words about what's happening around us. Colleagues, there is one more thing I want to speak about. This year we've heard a statement by the North Atlantic Alliance demanding Russia to go back, as they say, to um, observing the treaty on strategic, uh, on strategic arms, including 
allowing it to carry out inspections on our nuclear sites. Well, that really sounds absurd. We are aware that the West is directly complicit in the Kiev's attempts to make strikes against our strategic aviation. But the drones used for that purpose were refitted uh, with the help of NATO specialists, and now they want to carry out inspections on our defense facilities. Today, with the current confrontation, it really sounds uh, like uh, something out of a madhouse. So, carrying out actual inspections within this treaty is something that we have not been allowed to do. Our requests to organize inspections of facilities have been rejected on formal grounds, and we haven't been able to inspect anything on their side. So, I would like to, I would like to emphasize that the United States and NATO directly say that their goal is to enact a strategic def defeat on Russia. And uh, so, are they going to just travel around our country, visiting our defense facilities after that? Recently, we signed a decree to put on combat duty new strategic complexes, new land-based complexes. Are they going to inspect those as well? Or do they expect to be let to carry out their inspections there? After making their collective statement, NATO basically attempting to become a part of the agreement about strategic offensive weapons, and we agree with that. We are guests. More than. weapons, and they are improving them, they are developing them, and they are aimed against us too, because they are aimed against Russia. And the latest statements by their leaders only confirms this, just listen to them. And we cannot not take it into consideration, especially today. Like the first agreement about strategic offensive weapons was initially signed by the Soviet Union and the United States in a different situation when we were strengthening mutual trust and escalating the situation. In the future, our relations reached such a level where Russia and the United States claimed they, they don't consider each other a foe, an enemy. Great, that was good. And the current agreement from 2010 contains important aspects about the indivisibility of security, about the direct connection between strategic offensive and defensive weapons. All of this is long forgotten. The United States withdrew from the agreement. It's now a thing of the past. Our relations, which is important, have degraded, have decreased, and it's something of the United States doing. It is them, after the collapse of the Soviet Union, started reconsidering the outcomes of the World War II, building the world American way where there is only one master, one lord. And they started flagrantly destroying all the foundations of the world order.
across the world with the only goal in mind to destroy the international relations architecture that was created after World War II. It's not just a matter of speaking, that's how it's happening in practice. After the collapse of the Soviet Union, they want to become a dominating force forever without taking into consideration the interests of the modern Russia and the interests of other countries for that matter as well. Yes, the situation after 1945 has changed. There are new, quickly growing centers of development and of influence. It is only natural, it's an objective process that cannot be ignored. But what is impossible is that the United States started changing the world order just only to suit themselves, only in their own selfish interests. And now, via NATO representatives, they are sending signals, basically they are sending ultimatums that you, Russia, should adhere to everything we have agreed upon, including the START treaty without any misgivings. And we will do whatever we want. There is no link between the issue of the treaty and the conflict in Ukraine or other hostile activities of the West against our country. And there are no... And there are statements that they want to achieve the strategic defeat of us. So either they are very cynical or they are very stupid, but they are not fools. After all, they want to defeat us and they want to inspect our military sites. And in this regard, I have to say that Russia is stopping its participation in the treaty about strategic offensive weapons. I will reiterate once again, it does not, we, we do not withdraw from the treaty, but we are putting it on hold. But before we go back to discussing this matter, we need to understand first, what do such countries from North Atlantic Alliance as France and the United Kingdom want, and how can we consider their strategic arsenal? which is offensive part of the offensive potential of the alliance. With their statement, they say that they want to be a part of the process. Thank God, we do not mind it. But don't try to lie to everyone again, to show that you want peace, that you want detente. We know that some of the nuclear weapons are almost out of their term, and we are perfectly aware that some of the officials there, they think about testing their nuclear weapons, considering that the United States, they are developing new types of the nuclear armaments. We have such information, and in this situation, the Defense Ministry in Rosatom should also prepare to test Russian nuclear weapons. Of course, we are not going to be the first ones to do this, but if the United States will hold their tests, we will follow the suit. No one should have these dangerous solutions that global nuclear parity can be destroyed.
colleagues, citizens of Russia. Today, we together are going through difficult path, and we are overcoming all the difficulties together as well. It cannot be any other way, because we were raised with examples of our great ancestors, and we should be worthy of their examples. We move forward because we are true to our motherland and to our unity. And it was shown since the very first days of the special military operations, hundreds of volunteers, representatives of all the ethnic groups of Russia, came to the recruitment offices. They stand shoulder to shoulder with the defenders of Donbass to fight for their homeland, for the truth, for the justice. And now, shoulder to shoulder, warriors from all the regions of our multi-ethnic country fighting. They pray in different languages, but all of them pray for victory for their comrade-in-arms and for their motherland. Their heavy exploits is heeded by the entire Russia. People support our warriors. They don't want to. They cannot watch by idly from the sidelines. The front line is going through the hearts of millions of our peoples. They are sending medical supplies, communication means, transport, warm clothes, and so on and so forth to the front line. Everything that helps to save our lads. I know how letters from the children, from the school children, are warming the hearts of our warriors because it is the most valuable thing to them. They take it with them to combat because sincerity of children's wishes is something that is touching them to tears. The warriors understand what for they are fighting, who they defend. It is important for the warriors and their families and for civilians in the care that the volunteers is giving them. They are also acting courageously under the shelling. They are evacuating children and elderly. They are supplying the conflict zone with water and clothes. They are creating refugee centers. They help in the hospitals and along the line of contact, they are risking their lives to save other people. The United Front has gathered more than 5 billion rubles. So many donations are continue to flow. It is important for everyone to continue to contribute, both larger enterprises and businessmen. But what is especially touching and inspiring the situation when people with modest income are sending part of their pensions, of their salaries to donate such a unity to help our warriors and civilians in the combat zone to refugees is very important. Thank you very much for this sincere support, for this unity, for helping each other, because something that is of huge significance, something that cannot be overestimated.
Russia will stand up to any challenges because we are one country, we are one big and united people. We are confident about ourselves, we are confident about our strength. The truth is with us. Thank you. All right, let's uh, wrap up that uh, speech now with Russian President Vladimir Putin. Give you a bit of a summary on what was talked about. We know that he talked about, of course, he talked about the military operation. He spent half of his speech, just about an hour and a half, talking about the military operation. Uh, half of that was on the military operation. The other half about the growth of Russia. Uh, one key thing to take away from the speech is that if the, he, took, he said that if the West supplies long-range uh, weapons, then Russia will continue to push back further. That's something to pay attention. Now, he praised the people's support um, from the armed forces right the way through to uh, civil support. He talked about uh, the economy and he talked about how the West wanted the economy, the Russian economy, to be destroyed. But in fact, it has been uh, strengthened. He encouraged his people. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.